And you just need to feel a touch from him. You need God to give you a lift. You need God to give you strength this morning. Hallelujah. I love him. I'm going to go quickly to the word of the Lord. I know we've already been involved in singing and worshiping the Lord. But I hear another old song this morning. I don't know why I keep hearing these old songs. But the song says, throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone is slipping away. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone. Is slipping away. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Oh, someone is sinking to today. Another old song says. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Never to Of thy love, oh Lord, I'm coming. Hey, hey, I'm coming home. Last song. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained with him, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despair cry.
lifted me. to live and not ready to die. God extended his grace and his mercy to me. And I'm grateful that his love lifted me. We're going to Luke 15th chapter. Great respect to all of our guests and visitors this morning. You are in the right place at the right time. Amen. Luke, the 15th chapter. story, but it's a good story. We'll just read a little bit this morning. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had come to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring a fatted calf. Kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to be merry. You may be seated. This is the present, the word of the Lord. I want to talk today from these words, uh, humiliation saved my life. Humiliation saved my life. Um, I want to just take a minute and 
talk about humiliation. Um, Humiliation is the absence of pride. Um, It is the taking away of one's pride. It is the state of being humbled. It is being at one's lowest state. It is a place of submission. It is the de-emphasis of one's ego. As human beings, we all um, have been subject to pride. We all have been subject at some point in our lives to having an ego and sometimes an inflated ego uh, but we all have some type of sense of self you may have low self esteem but you have esteem huh amen it, it, it may be low and a lot of people claim to have low self esteem but uh, you know, the, the, you, you have a point where you're going to fight back. Right. <laughs> Amen. You, you, you have a point where you say, well, now I may be ugly, but I ain't that ugly. Amen. Huh? Amen. And uh, uh, I believe it was Whoopi Goldberg in the color purple. Huh? She said, I may be black and I may be ugly, but I'm here. And, you know, that's relative because, of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you say you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Amen. If you say you're wonderful, then you're wonderful. Uh, To be honest with you, uh, all of us really are beautiful people because the Bible says we were fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. To be honest, we look like God. Yes, we look like different. God is big. We serve a big God. And God has many attributes. God has, there are many features of God. And each of us just represent a different feature of God. We were made in his image. Amen. So if we were made in his image, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in God, there's something about God that looks like you. Amen. If your nose is big, it's somewhere in God's nose must be big. Huh? Because we were made in his image. And the Lord showed me some time ago, and I've I've shared with you, uh, I don't have uh, a problem with testifying. uh, But, you know, I've dealt with not feeling uh, like I measured up at some point in time in my life. I didn't always know, you know, how handsome Come on. Amen. I didn't always know how handsome I am. And you know, you may not know how pretty you are. 
And one of our problems, especially in, in our society, is that we measure ourselves by other people. By Hollywood and, you know, you know first of all, you don't know what those people took or went through to look the way they look, all of the surgery and all of the stuff, and some of them can't breathe today. They've been cut on and altered and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I have just, I hate looking at these infomercials, you know, because I fell out of the gym, y'all. I fell out. I did. But I hate looking at them because they just make it so easy. All you got to do is buy this, and in 90 days, you're going to be cut up. Amen. But, you know, the, the reality is those people, have some, most of those people, if it's the truth, it's not that machine or that video that got them there. They got personal cooks that cook for them every day. Huh? They got a live, they got a live-in coach that's working them out every day. You know, you don't know. So we, we can't judge ourselves, our success and our failure off of other people. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, when you criticize yourself, you actually are criticizing me. See, all you are is the creature. Look at somebody and say, all you are is a creature. That's right. You are just a creature. Now, don't be offended by that. You're a creature. Amen. The Bible says that if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. You are a creature. But therefore, a creature or a creation did not create him or herself. Am I right? You don't have a right to insult yourself because you didn't create yourself. You are not your own. The Bible says we are what? His people. So when you are insulting a feature about yourself, you are really insulting the creator and not the creature. You don't, you're not even worthy to insult yourself. So then I realize everything about me, I like it. It's just wonderful. It's just wonderful because I look in the mirror and I say, look at God. Now, if, now look, if God is perfect, y'all, if God is perfect, and he is perfect, and I was made in his image, even though I'm not perfect, I ought to look perfect because I was made in his image. Somebody said, I look mighty perfect. All right, that's just a little lesson to help somebody this morning. But because of this uh, sense of self that we have as humans, we are subject to humiliation because we have feelings. Now, I'm, I'm going to be not long, but long enough, and not, hopefully not too boring. But we have feelings as humans. And I want to help somebody in here today because, you know, a lot of times we act like we don't, you know. And, and many times it's because life has been hard. Life has been hard. Anybody that is in here, you, you've had a real, real easy, just everything in life has been easy for you. I'd like to talk to you. I want to know your story. 
I want to know how, how you did it. Um, but uh, many of us can attest to the fact that life just has not been easy. And some things that have caused life to be hard. And because of the hardness of life, many times it causes us to be hard. It causes us to respond in certain ways and causes us to brace ourselves. You know, a lot of people in life have just braced themselves. You're just braced. And so you pretend as if things don't bother you or you pretend as if you're not hurt. You pretend as if when people insult you or say things to you that it does not hurt your feelings because you have learned how to protect and cover yourself. But uh, the first step to really being healed is to just be honest and be open and be willing to say, you know what, this does hurt. or This does bother me. or This is exactly how I feel. That is a step to recovery. Humiliation is a very uncomfortable feeling. It's something that we do not desire or solicit. And if you've ever been humiliated, uh, you almost feel as if it is the end for you. I don't know if there's anybody that's ever been humiliated before. Just been so embarrassed and so ashamed. You've come to your lowest point. You've come to your lowest state. And if you could, you would find a rock and go hide under it and never come back out. Because you just don't want anybody to find you. You don't want anybody to see you. Because uh, when you have been humiliated, then you have been exposed. And since the fall of man, oh my God, since Adam and Eve uh, in the garden when uh, they sinned and sin was introduced into the world. Since that time, we have been embarrassed and ashamed ever since that day. Huh? It was sin that caused them to want to go hide themselves. It was sin, it was humiliation that has us wearing clothes today. Oh yeah, humiliation put these clothes on our back. Amen. I got dressed this morning because I was humiliated. I didn't want to come out naked. Amen. So as, 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 as humanity, you know, I, I, we work hard to keep ourselves covered because we don't want to be seen. Main reason why is because we have a fear of being judged. Don't want people to judge you. Don't want people to know what you've been dealing with or what you have been experiencing or what your experience has been. And so you work hard to remain covered. But when you have been humiliated, causes you to be exposed. It causes you to be in a place where now you have to make a decision as to whether or not I'm going to deal with myself. Am I going to deal with my reality? See, some folk have just been getting by. Been getting by. Just, just been making it. You've 
You've been making it, just holding it together. You have been holding yourself together and holding things together and holding your situation together. But when you get to a place where you have nothing else to lose, mm, mm, mm. when you get to a place where you have no other recourse. You have nowhere else to turn. Nowhere else to go. People have seen your eyes and they've seen you fall. People know your business. They know now. They, they know where you are now. They see you. So now you have to deal with yourself. And many times we don't want to deal with ourselves because dealing with your reality is painful. Is there anybody here that when you deal with yourself, it hurts? Woo! Just to deal with yourself. That's why many times people work hard to try to be something that they are not because being who they really are causes them to deal with themselves. Sometimes who you really are is not who you want to be. It's not even who or what you like. But it's you. And I want you to understand that you're ignoring who you are or yourself does not change your reality. It does not change you. As a matter of fact, anything that you have not given proper resolve or proper attention or medication to, you realize that if it has not been treated properly, it can cause some type of disease and therefore, ultimately, it can cause death. tell you in here today there is a condition that many people deal with it is a condition and it is similar sometimes to a sickness and it's called self Mm -hmm. it's called self but I want you to know that there is a remedy For you. There is a remedy and there is a cure for yourself. Let me hurry up because I'm boring you all this morning. I want to look here at this man that Jesus talks about in this parable. He is a young man who, there are two of them, and he has a brother, and obviously. His father was a man of means. He had a great inheritance. He came to a place in his life where he requested of his father. He said, Father, please give me what belongs to me. Give me my inheritance so that I can go about my business. Now the first thing that comes to me today is that this man obviously did not understand the value of what he had. 
He did not understand the value of where he was. He did not know how to appreciate his present state. He did not know how to appreciate where he was. He did not know how to appreciate the fact that he was in daddy's house and that he was being served and that all of his needs were met. But he wanted more than what he had because he did not appreciate where he was. And I must say to you in here this morning that you better learn how to appreciate where you are. You better learn how to appreciate your present situation because sometimes you look at your situation and you think that it is bad but it's really not as bad as it looks sometimes where you are is the place that God wants you to be and where you are God is keeping you there because he's trying to do something in you he's trying to teach you some valuable lessons that you need to learn somebody is trying to run somebody is trying to duck somebody is trying to dodge your present situation but where you are God is trying to show you something where you are Oh yes, I don't want you to get to a place where you underestimate the value of where you are. I don't want you to get to a place where you begin to look down on where God has you and where you begin to feel as if what you have is not sufficient for you. And you've been looking at other people and you've been looking at things that other folks have been doing and things that other people have been dealing with and you have began to feel as if perhaps I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I deserve something more than what I have. I deserve something better than what I have. But actually, you You deserve to be exactly where God has placed you. Oh yes, sometimes we feel down about ourselves and about our situation. Many times we allow ourselves to become depressed and discouraged because we don't have everything that we want. And because life is not going the way that we want life to go. Oh my God, but understand that our times are in God's hand. God is a God of timing and purpose. God is a God of season. God works in time. And God works out of time. God is Alpha and God is Omega. And God knows where you are. And God knows the purpose that he has for you in the place that you are in. And if God allowed you to be in a particular place, he has allowed you to be there for a particular reason. And what you need to be learning is God teach me what your purpose. Teach me what your plan is for me right where I am before I run before I move before I quit before I go before I duck before I dodge what's coming my way God I need you to just teach me what it is that you want me to learn right where I am because if I don't learn my lesson on this level I'm going to have to repeat it but God just teach me where I am what it is that you want me to know Because I understand that I am engaged in a process. And the process that I am engaged in, I understand that you have allowed me to be engaged in this process for a reason. Because you are trying to take me someplace. And every now and then, in order for me to be shaped into the image that God wants me to be shaped in, I'm going to have to experience some discomfort. 
comfort every now and then. I'm not going to be satisfied with everything that happens. But I realize that as long as God is in control, everything is going to be all right. Oh, if you believe it's going to be all right, you ought to clap your hands and praise God. Oh, yes, well, the Bible gives us to know here that the man, he got what he asked for. And God will do us like this sometimes. Understand that God does not always give you what you want, but sometimes God will. That if you bother God long enough, if you beg God long enough, every now and then God will say, you done got on my nerves. I'm tired of you here. Take it. Yeah, you don't believe it. Look at what happened with Israel. They begged God long enough because they rejected his leadership. And every now and then when you beg God for your will and for your desire, it is an insult to God. Because what you are saying is that God, I want to do my will more than I want your will to be done. Oh my God, in Israel begged God begged God for a leader because they did not want to deal uh, with God's monotheistic leadership. They did not want to deal with God being their leader. They wanted a human to lead them. And so God said, because you've asked for it, you've bothered me, you've begged for it, I'm going to give you a leader. I'm going to give you a human leader. But did you not realize that the leader that I'm giving you because you rejected a perfect God, he's going to have flaws. He's going to have problems. He's going to be emotionally disturbed. He's going to have insecurity issues. He's going to have inferiority issues. And therefore, he's not going to be able to satisfy you because he doesn't even know who he is. You better know what it is that you're asking for. You better know and understand what it is that you're getting into before you ask for it. Oh God, I want this so bad. I'm not going to preach no harder than this, but i got to get a little more comfortable now. Huh? Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, you better know what it is that you are asking for when you ask for it. Do you really know what you're asking for? Have you taken the time to count up the cost? Have you taken the time to count up the cost? <laughs> Have you taken the time to evaluate? Have you taken the time to say, God, I just want to thank you for what I have right now. God, what I have may not be much. God, what I have may not be like what other people have. But God, I thank you because everything I got, you gave me. And obviously, you know what I need. And so, God, even though I don't know everything I need, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Here the Bible said that. But the young man took his money that was given to him and he went and he wasted everything he had with riotous living. 
And sometimes you ask for something and you wonder why God has not given it to you yet. Maybe it's because God knows that you can't handle it. Maybe it's because God knows that you weren't capable of dealing with such a great blessing or such a great thing before you. Maybe God said, I'm going to give it to you. I want you to have it, but just not now. What do you do when God says not now? Do you pout and do you act childish? Do you get mad at God? Do you go and sit in a corner? Do you stop your praise? Oh my God, when God says not now, let's be honest, there's something that God has given us today. If God had given it to us years ago, we would wouldn't be able to handle it. Huh? We would have blown it a long time ago. Huh? We would have messed up a long time ago. Huh? Oh, yes, I know we messed up a little bit, huh? but we didn't mess up like we would have messed up huh? if God had given it to us a long time ago. Huh? God is just now able to start releasing some things to you huh? because you have proven yourself. Huh? The Bible said if you be faithful over what a few things, huh? then I'll make you ruler over many. Huh? Can you be faithful over just a few things. Can you be faithful when you don't have much? Will you still praise God and be appreciative when you don't have a whole lot of money? When you just have enough gas money to get to church, can you still be faithful? Will you still be faithful when you're not living like you want, driving like you want, not dressing like you want? Can you still be faithful? Can you say, God, if I've got to wash my blouse out and wear it Monday to Sunday. I'll wash it out and wear it. God, but I'm going to wear it to the house of the Lord. Because I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I realize uh, that if I tell you thank you now, uh, thank you makes room for more. Uh, how many of you know that thank you uh, makes room for more? Uh, when you say thank you, uh, it does something to the heart of God. Uh, when you say thank you, uh, it makes God want to bless you even more. Uh, when you say thank you, somebody feel like saying thank you? Bible said that he wasted everything. He was engaged in riotous living. He did whatever he wanted to do. And I want you to understand that you cannot do whatever you want to do. You cannot live however you want to live. I know that there's temptation and things will be tantalizing and things will be attractive but you cannot live however you want to live. God has demanded a standard for us to live our lives by. And we must be willing uh, to obey God's word uh, and follow the standards uh, that he has set for us. Uh, oh my God, what the Bible said. Uh, that the man lost everything that he had. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, and he got to a point uh, where he went and hooked up uh, with somebody. Uh, and he started working in the hog pen. Uh, and not only did he work with the hogs, uh, but whatever the hogs ate, uh, that's what he ate. Uh, whatever wherever they laid their head that's where he laid his head he got to a place where he lost everything that he had and your circumstance does not define who you are he was in the hog pen but he still was the son of a rich man 
because of that, he was humiliated. Can't get no help in here today. Everybody knew who he was. He might have been dirty. He might have been messed up. He might have been raggedy. He might not have looked like royalty. But there was something about him that could be identified. Mm, mm, mm. And the Bible said that when he, when he came to himself, when he came to himself, see, see, sometimes you got to go through enough until you come to yourself. Uh, have you ever seen somebody and and you just want to tell them you done bumped your head. You have lost your mind. You have, are acting crazy. You are acting like you ain't been trained. Acting like you ain't been raised. Acting like you don't know no better. Acting like have you ever come in contact with that? Or have you ever been that person yourself? Oh, don't be ashamed. Have you ever been in that place where you found yourself acting out of character? Doing what you knew was not right. But because of the sensation of the moment. Because of the tantalizing of the moment. Uh, it caused, it overrode what you knew was right and you did what felt good even though it was wrong and you found yourself in a place that you had no business being. You were just doing whatever you wanted to do. There comes a point where you come to the end of yourself and you come to yourself and you realize this ain't me. Uh, this is not me. This is not what I was created to do. This is not how I was intended to live. This 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 ain't me. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This I'm eating stuff that I ain't supposed to be eating. I'm laying in places that I ain't supposed to be laying. This ain't me. I was at a place where I did not have a good sense of reality. I didn't know where I was. Didn't know what I had. Didn't know how good I had. Wasn't in tune with reality. Lifted up in pride. Lifted up in arrogance. But here I am in a place now where I've lost everything that I have. Can't even pretend no more. Can't even act no more. Oh uh, yeah, when I was living riotously, when I was spending money, I wasn't telling nobody it wasn't my money. I wasn't telling nobody really was my daddy's money. I was showing out. Because I wanted people to think something about me that wasn't the truth. Wanted them to say good things to me, but they used me and took advantage of what I had. 
Now that I don't have anything, I don't have anywhere to go, I'm living with hogs. And I'm humiliated. I'm in a place where I am humbled. I'm almost done. I'm in a place where I am humbled now. And, and therefore, I've come to a place where I realize that what I thought I deserved. <laughs> what, 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 what I thought I deserved, I really don't feel like I deserved it no more. See, when I, 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 how wonderful I thought I was and how all that I thought I was, I found out that I'm really not any better than anybody else. Because at the end of the day, I'm hungry. And because I'm hungry, I'll eat whatever I can get. I, I wasn't grateful when I was in my daddy's house and they were feeding me. When I had service, I wasn't grateful then. I, I wasn't grateful then, but now, now I'm grateful for whatever I can get. I'm humiliated and therefore I am submissive. And now my attitude is I don't have to be a king. I don't have to be rich, but Daddy, if you'll let me come home. Daddy, if you just let me come home. If you just let me come home, you don't have to put me up in the palace. You can put me in the servant quarters. I'll just serve if you just let me come home. If you just give me restoration, if you just let me come home, because I realized that it wasn't better out there. I realized that the grass wasn't greener on the other side. I realized that where I was and what I wanted wasn't really what I needed. Realized that I messed up big time. Realize that I made some big and terrible mistakes. But if you just let me come home, he said. He said, I'll come home and I'll be just like a servant. I'll come home and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Because he found out now, child of God. He came to a place where he understood. He understood that what I thought was important really ain't important no more. I thought that money was important. I thought that status was important. I thought that stuff was important. But now when I come home. Now, when I come home, I'm not going to ask you for any more money. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you for any more stuff. I'm not going to ask you for any more material gain. But the reason why I want to come home, the real reason why I want to come home is because I realized that what I have missed was not the money, but what I missed was your presence. Now I want to come home just so that I can be in your presence. <laughs> and I believe I can hear the psalmist say, I would rather be in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. 
Oh God, I just want to serve in your house. God, I just want to work in your house. I just want to do what I can now. I had it twisted. I had it the other way around. I used to want you to please me. I used to want to see what I could get from you. I used to want to see what you could do for me. But now I want to see what can I do for you. Is anybody here tonight? Uh, Yes, I used to want what I could get from God. Uh, I used to want God to shower me with blessings. Uh, But God, if you don't ever do anything else for me. uh, God, if I could just be in your presence. It's my turn to please you. Finally. Finally. The Bible said that when the son, when he was on his way back home, uh, he was humiliated. He was dirty. His clothes were raunchy. He didn't have any more money. He didn't have any friends because his friends were in his life just because of what he could do for them and not for what they could do for him. Mm. But the Bible said that as he was going home, uh, his father identified him. From afar off, his father saw him. And and when his father saw him, uh, his father said, there goes my son. His son was humiliated, but but the Bible said that the father said, there goes my son. And, 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 and I want you, uh, I want my servants to go, and I want them to go and get a fine robe. Uh, and I want them to go and get him a, a real expensive ring and get him some jewelry. And, and I want you to get ready to receive my son. Uh, he said, ah, I want you to go and kill a fatted calf. And I want you to get ready because we're getting ready to have a celebration. He said, we're going to celebrate now because my son that was dead, my son that was dead, he is now alive. He has come back to life now because he's come to himself. Well, I just stopped by to tell somebody this morning that humiliation saved my life. It wasn't until I got to a place where I was at the lowest of the barrel. It wasn't until I got to a place where I was humiliated. Is there anybody here embarrassed and ashamed? It wasn't until I got to a place where I found myself being in a place where I didn't have everything that I thought I needed or everything that I thought that I wanted. But when I got to the place where I came to the end of myself, I was willing to say, Father, I'm ready. I'm ready to come back home. Well, I come to tell you in here today that the Bible said to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Be very careful about being arrogant and lifted up in pride. For the proverbial writer tells us that to be prideful, it means that we are getting ready to experience destruction. And it lets us know that it is what proceeds coming to a haughty spirit. And when you have a haughty spirit, the Bible said that you're ready for a fall. But the Bible 
Daddy boy, uh, so that if you humble yourself, uh, according to First Peter, uh, under the mighty hand of God, uh, in due season, uh, God will exalt you. Uh, God will lift you up. Uh, well, I come to tell somebody this morning, uh, you may have come to the end of your road. Uh, you may have come to the end of your journey. Uh, you may have found yourself in a place uh, where it seemed like you're out of place. Uh, but I, I come to tell you uh, that your humility uh, is what's getting ready to save your life. Uh, when you come to a place where you say, God, uh, I'm naked and unashamed. Uh, and I'm ready to come back home. Uh, God will uh, he'll deliver and save your life. Uh, somebody clap your hand uh, and tell the Lord, thank you. Well, I'm reminded of a sycamore tree. A sycamore tree, before it can rise above the ground, the sycamore tree has to go down. It has to be deeply rooted under the ground before it can rise up. You've got to come to a place where you realize that I've got to go down before I can come up. Humble is the way that will bring you to the place where you ought to be. Well, in this place this morning, God wants to restore you. God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to bring you back to the place where he wants you to be. God wants to heal you. And God wants to deliver you. God wants to save your life. God wants to rescue you. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter how low you've got. Jesus will. He'll lift you up. For heard the Bible say that a weeping may endure for a night but joy coming in the morning you may have been crying you may have been suffering but if you can hold on God will he'll turn it around God will he'll bring you out for if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things Passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, I've got to close, but I heard the Bible say in First Chronicles, oh my God, Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, around the fourteenth verse, and read down. Is that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray? Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, when I hear from heaven, I'll forgive sin and I'll heal. I'll heal the land. Is there anybody here that needs a healing? Is there anybody here that needs deliverance? Is there anybody here that needs to be free? Is there anybody here that needs restoration? Well, I tell you to lift your hand and say, Lord. Here am I, Lord, here am I, have your way in my life, Lord, I'm willing to humble myself, I'm willing to submit myself, I surrender all, Lord, I'm coming home, Lord, I'm coming home, I'm not asking for any money, I'm not asking for any riches, but Lord, I just want to be in your presence. 
take me by my hand, wrap me around my neck, Lord, I just need to feel your presence, I need to feel your power, I need to feel your anointing, your anointing to destroy every yoke, I was bound, I was down, I was out, but God, I need your deliverance, I need a new mind, I need, he said, Lord, what I love about this, is that he said, Lord, he said, Father, what I did, it was not against anybody else. But what I did was against heaven and it was in your sight. I know I might have to repent to the church. I know I may have to repent at the temple before they let me back in the choir. I know that I might have to explain my situation before they let me usher on the usher board again. But Lord, I don't mind doing that. But God, if they never accept me again, what I did wasn't about nobody but you. So Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please watch me. David said, against thee and thee only have I seen, but Lord create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Clean me up. story the other son he got jealous he was mad sound like the church I love Jesus because Jesus always set us up these stories Jesus told were over 2,000 years ago but it sounds like church folk today hey the man said how are you going to restore him how are you going you know how church folks are they need to sit her down cause we don't know what's been going on in your mind but we see what happened to her they need to sit her down put her out don't let her come back in the church the son said how are you going to do that and, and the father said as the son said I, I've been here, I've been faithful I've been serving and you gonna restore him he said you been here you got your blessing you gonna have what you got you already been rewarded for your faithfulness he said but there's something about when a son has been broken. 
See, David knew this because David was a man after God's own heart. David was a liar. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. But yet God said he was a man after his own heart. But David had a heart of repentance. David came to a place where he said, I realize that you don't want sacrifices and all that. But what you want is a contrite spirit. You want me to come broken. And he said, my son came broken. I saw him in a different light this time. And sometimes God will look at you and say, I'm going to use you to a greater magnitude because I see the brokenness in you. I see this time you're serious. This, this time you're for real. This time. I know you ain't playing. He said, I'm rejoicing because my son, that was dead. He was humiliated. But humiliation saved his life. Today you're here. And you say, Pastor, I've been in a place where I need God to restore me. I need God to put me back together again. Mother Thomas told us the other night about Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Just like the man went everywhere, but when it was time to be restored, he said, I'm ready to come home. You know that what you need, only God can do for you. You say, Pastor, I'm in that place. I don't know what your situation is. You may not be saved. You may be a backslider. You may be saved and just need healing. You may have some things that you need God to do for you, so areas where you need God to restore you some things that you need God to free you up from. God is able to do that. And if you be honest and willing to say, God, I'm naked in your presence and I'm not ashamed. I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I say amen, 